Welcome to Boston. This race promises to be amazing. Don't forget to tie your sneakers and have a good run. My mom always says to find the bright side. Normally in situations where the brightest thing you can find is still being alive and breathing, which is kind of a wild answer, the absolute minimum. Admit it, that response just shows how bad things are. I've had worse, okay, but believe me, things could be much better right now. Alright, let's see. A bright side. A bright side. Well, I won't have to stay here long. Only five more kilometers. I managed to get lost almost at the finish line. It would have been just one more turn. I don't even know how I managed to miss that turn. It just makes me so angry. I am furious, rage pumping through my veins, my teeth grit tight. I have to force myself to let my jaw loose. On the not-so-bright side, I'm tired. I've already been running for 37 kilometers. The last supply was more than an hour ago. My whole body was preparing for a final effort, one last relaxed stretch in a known environment. Being chased by an ugly facsimile of a tiger, only twice as big and with six legs, wasn't in the initial plans. Look at what I have to deal with. Ouch! Vine whips me across the face, a root hooks right around my shoe, sending me crashing hard, lying in the muddy scrub. Oh, for heaven's sake! Oh, yes. I forgot to mention I'm in a damn jungle. A giant Amazonian jungle with trees so high the sunlight doesn't reach down here. Out of the corner of my eye, I see leaves larger than I am. The beast growls. I scramble back to my feet as fast as my surging panic allows me. The growling only grows louder. In this tropical heat, my sweat is running cold with fear. Right now, the only thing preventing that beast from sprinting the few meters separating us and devouring me is a weakening spell I somehow managed to put on it. But magic requires energies. Soon, I won't be able to keep up with both running and maintaining the spell at the same time. An anti-cheating sigil reducing my power to the lowest level, the instant it detected magic, isn't helping. Because I have a great advantage now, right? Just look at how easy it is. Cheating? Yes, officer, I did it on purpose. I was dying to be sent God's nowhere. It's not my fault I have a stupid, uncontrollable power. I still have too many things to do to become some beast's dinner. The thought of absolute doom fuels my legs. No time to try and call for help. Just keep running. The moment you finish this marathon, the moment your magic will return. It'll be enough to pop back on her. <sighs> A jolt of pain cuts through my right calf. Just what I needed. Please don't let it be a cramp. Anything but a cramp. In any other situation, I could slow down to a less demanding pace and let the muscle adjust. I would just run away the pain. But this time, slowing down would just reduce the already small distance between being still alive and becoming a snack. The pain in my calf only increases in response, moving up to the knee, the thigh, before I can even think of dismissing it as something meant to go away or simply be ignored, which is basically the same thing. 
It spread through my entire leg. The sound of wet breathing is so close I can almost feel it on my neck. A leaf brushing against my nape is enough to make me jump. My heart is pounding like crazy, and having already run almost a marathon has little to do with it. My legs refuse to move an inch further. I have no choice but to slow down. The last thing I need right now is an injury. Walking would still be better than nothing. I reduce my pace to the slowest jog I know, my feet almost not rising from the muddy ground. It's a dangerous style in this environment, with obstacles popping out of the terrain everywhere. I should be jumping to avoid them. By the end of what I believe is the next kilometer, I've already fallen four times. The beast is still behind me. A smarter or more courageous person would stop, turn, and face the danger. Running away is never the solution, they say, especially when something is chasing you. The more you run, the more you give reason for that something to continue with its pursuit. But if you stand your ground, you take it by surprise. I guess danger makes me neither smart nor courageous. It gives me a flight response, makes me run faster. <laughs> Fighting is not an option. At least I don't freeze. I keep running, with the last remnants of my spell dissolving, bracing myself for the impact of the beasts about to leap on me. Nothing. I count backwards from ten. Still nothing. In my third round of counting, finding myself mysteriously still alive, I dare to look back. The creature is still there, about a kilometer off which makes me go through a series of possible conclusions, all ending with the same results, or the only result I'm comfortable accepting right now. It can't sprint. So if I keep this pace, it can't outrun me. The implications of that if are terrifying. <laughs> That's when the terrain gives way under my feet. A moment later, I'm on my back in the ditch, tall enough that I can't jump out of it. A trap? Or just the jungle being a dangerous place in its own right? I check the walls. The rocks crumble beneath my fingers. The vines are too fragile to support my weight. All my attempts to climb out prove useless. I could wait for someone to pass by or use some magic. Either way, I have to wait. I don't like waiting. It subtracts agency, leaves me weak and useless. Minute hands move on my analog wristwatch. It's not the best, but at least this works wherever I find myself. On my other wrist, the digital timer is stuck. As always. An hour later, I'm freezing. Clothes drenched by humidity. On the bright side, my magic has returned enough to help me get out of here. Magic has always run in my family. From the first ancestor we can find a record for, it can be traced all the way down to me, a single long chain of witches, all in an exclusively matriarchal line. Well, I don't technically consider myself a woman, but go figure. I resume running. There's nobody in sight. Burns as big as an umbrella shadow the sun. Drops of water fall on my nose. I stick out my tongue for an improvised drink. Running alone is okay. I'm used to it. It's a solitary sport, after all. But I admit, last time, having some company was nice. Besides, the races where I can stay in a group are the only ones where I don't get lost. And then I hear it. The same growl from before. My belief that the beast just jumped the ditch to go after another prey shatters. 
When I turn, it's there, behind me, close enough to distinguish its shape. If someone was going to appear at the rescue, this would be the perfect moment. Or for a portal to manifest itself. I'm not picky. Running while looking back is difficult at best and suicide at worst, but I can't seem to take my eyes off that creature's. The instant I divert my gaze, it'll reach me. Like a creature you never see moving, but each time you look, they're near. Or have you ever run with someone at your heel? There, breathing on your neck, their steps against the pavement like a constant, a memento. They are there and you know, you know they will surpass you the instant you slow down until what makes you go on is more pride than energy. And then I trip, this time hard, a root tangling around my ankle with such precision I wouldn't be surprised to discover this forest has a literal mind of its own. Wait, it isn't a snake, is it? I scramble to check. Ugh, no, only a root. My heart sinks back to its rightful place, but my ankle is still tangled. I pull at it without much success. Oh, come on! The growling grows louder. I count the meters between me and the beast while slipping my fingers between wood and skin to loosen the grip. Two hundred meters. I pull harder. One hundred. I look around for anything sharp. Fifty. I close my eyes. I expect claws and teeth and fur. I expected air to be knocked out of my lungs by a paw strong enough to kill. But nothing like that happens. After what seems like an eternity, much to my surprise, I am still alive and, more importantly, untouched. I slowly open one eye. The beast is sitting half a meter from me on a pair of its hind legs, waiting. It growls, tilting its head to the side, and I would swear now it sounds almost like it's speaking. Trying the translation spell is more of a joke. I didn't actually expect it to work. You need a hand. I'm too astounded to even be surprised. A what? You... you don't want to eat me? Why would I want to eat you? Because you're, uh... I'm about to say a tiger, only to realize the word has no meaning in this world. For all I know, this tiger could be the equivalent of the human race in terms of diffusion, intelligence, and control over the environment. You were chasing me, and you have those big fangs. I wasn't chasing you. And I've never seen something like you. For all I know, you were poisonous. That's the first time someone's called me poisonous. Should I be offended? Never mind. I'm pretty sure you were following me. I would say I was running with you. Running with me? It isn't usual to see someone on these tracks, even less a creature so... Tiny and fragile as yourself. I would be offended if it wasn't true. In any other circumstances, I would already be dinner. Besides, it's always nice to have a running companion. I couldn't agree more. If I had known that from the beginning, this last hour would have been so much different and, I'm sure, more pleasant. I wanted to reach you, to run side by side, but each time I tried, each time something was holding me back. That would be my fault. Uh, please, accept my apologies. With a quick counterspell, I free them from the last magic that I guess was still clinging to them. Oh, that's better. So you need help with that vine? Yes, please. They cut the vine with a single slash of their claws, and again, I am so grateful to not be on their menu. Thank you. Do you... Do you want to keep me company for a while longer? I would be happy to. This way. 
There's a track, I believe, more suitable for you. Running with a six-legged tiger is challenging, but surprisingly fun. I have to give it my all to keep up with their pace, and I believe it's the slowest they can do. But the pain is good. I'm tired, but it's a good tired. Maybe next time I'll stop and face the danger instead of running away. Serves me right. is written and directed by Gwendalina Cilli, with additional script editing by Chris D and Kelly Shaw, intro music by Ray Vargas, podcast logo by CJ Ardison, sound editing by Amanda Rainey. The runner is played by Justin Maturay. The announcer is played by Amanda Rainey. This episode also featured Kelly Shaw as the tiger creature. A special thanks to Glacia Oliveira for their enthusiasm and continuous support. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, review and subscribe. And if you wish, you can support us at Patreon forward slash a 195 podcast. Or you can tip us on our coffee page. Do you want to talk or do you have questions? You can visit us on our website at a 195 podcastcom where you'll find social media links and contact information. Or you can write at a195podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for having listened. Remember, it's just one step after the other. And now, a curiosity. The first official model marathon was run during the first Model Olympic Games in 1896 in Greece. It was won by Greek Spirido Louise, postman and former shepherd.